بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللحاضرين والمستمعين يقول الإمام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه آداب المشي إلى الصلاة باب صلاة العيدين إذا لم يعلم بالعيد إلا بعد الزوال خرج من الغد فصل بهم ويسن تعجيل الأدحى وتأخير الفطر وأقله قبل الخروج إليها في الفطر تمرات وتر ولا يأكل في الأضحى حتى يصلي وإذا غضى من طريق رجع من آخر وتصن في صحراء في الصحراء قريبة فيصلي ركعتين يكبر تكبيرة الإحرام ثم يكبر بعدها ستا ويكبر في الثانية خمسا يرفع يديه مع كل تكبيرة ويقرأ فيها بصبح والغاشية فإذا فرغ خطب ولا يتنفل قبلها ولا بعدها في موضعها ويصن التقبير في العيدين وإذحاره في المساجد والطرق والجحر به من أهل القرى والأمصار ويتأكد في ليلة العيدين وفي الخروج إليها وفي الأضحى يبتدئ التكبير المطلق من ابتداء عشر ذي الحجة والمقيد من صلاة الفجر يوم عرفة إلى عصر آخر أيام التشريك ويسن الاجتهاد في العمل الصالح أيام العشر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شر أنفسنا وسيئات أمالنا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله أرسله رحمة للعالمين فبلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على أصحاب محمد الذين آمنوا به وهاجروا إليه وهاجروا معه وجاهدوا معه وبعده وشهد لهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنهم خير الناس بعد الأنبياء فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا من محبيهم حريصين على ذلك المحسنين الاقتداء بهم ثم الكلام على صلاة العيد صلاة العيد سنة شرعها نبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكان يؤدي الصلاة قبل الخطبة ووقتها من طلوع الشمس إلى قبل الزوال إلى قبل انتصاف النهار فإذا لم يثبت دخول الشهر شهر شوال إلا في بعد ظهر ذلك اليوم فإنها لا تصلى العيد في نفس ذلك اليوم ولكن من الغد الذي هو ثاني شهر شوال ثاني يوم من شهر شوال يخرج الناس ويصلون العيد حيث لم يبلغهم 
في وقته وصلاة العيد ركعتان ولا يصل والصلاة الأفضل أن تصلى في مكان فسيح خارج المدينة البلد والنبي عليه الصلاة والسلام صلاها خارج المدينة لكن في وقتنا هذا قد يصعب على الناس الخروج من المدينة خاصة في المدن المتزاحمة وإلا فإن القرى لا تزال في بلادنا هنا القراء يصلون العيد في الصحراء خارج المدن ولا يسن للإنسان إذا دخل المصلى أن يصلي ركعتين لكن إذا دخل المسجد إذا صار الناس يصلون في المساجد مساجد النبي أمر من دخل للمسجد أن يصلي ركعتين فيكون صلاة الركعتين لا لأنها عيد وإنما لأن النبي أمر الداخل للمسجد الذي تقام فيه الصلوات الخمس والجمعة ألا يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين ثم الأفضل أن يؤدي الصلاة رمضان يتأنى في الدخول فيها قليلا والسنة لمن جاء وقت الصلاة أن يتناول شيئا من ما يحب والأفضل أن يتناول تمرات في صبيحة يوم العيد والأفضل أن تكون وترا لأن النبي كان يحب الوتر ويثني عليه وأما في الأضحى فالسنة المبادرة لأداء الصلاة لأن بعد الصلاة يأتي الانشغال في الأضاحي وذبحها وتوزيع الهدايا منها ونحو ذلك فالأفضل في يوم الأضحى أن لا يتناول القاصد لصلاة العيد أن لا يتناول شيئا قبل الصلاة وإنما يترك ذلك إلا ما بعد الصلاة إن تناول شيئا من الأضحية واستهل عليه ذلك وإلا تناول ما يسر الله له ويكبر في الصلاة يكبر في الركعة الأولى قبل البدء بالقراءة ستة تكبيرات ويكبر في الركعة الثانية خمسة تكبيرات وهذه الخمس غير تكبيرة الانتقال من الجلوس للوقوف والست هؤلاء غير تكبيرة الإحرام فيكبر الله أكبر وثبت عن الصحابة رفعهم اليدين بالتكبير ولا شك أن الصحابة قدوة فيما لم تثبت فيه السنة 
اتفق اناس منهم على ذلك فاذا عنها الصلاه يقرا الفاتحه بعد التكبيرات في التكبيرات ثم يقرا سوره الشيخ ذكر ان ان يقرا سوره سبح اسم ربك الاعلى في الركعه الاولى وفي الثانيه يقرا هل اتاك حديث الغاشيه وقد ورد ذلك من النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في صلاه العيد وفي صلاه الجمعه ايضا ورد انه ايضا صلى في صلاه العيد بغير هاتين السورتين لكنها كان يكثر من قراءه هاتين السورتين في صلاه الجمعه وفي صلاه العيد اذا وافق العيد جمعه هاتين السورتين فيهما بيان شيء من امر التوحيد وتنزيه الله جل وعلا وانه لا اعلى في كل شيء والمباحث التي فيه وحسنا بعض العلماء في تفسير سورة يسبح تفسيرا مستقل فينبغي للواحد أن يحرص على هذه إذا كان إماما أن يكثر وربما صلى النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يوم الجمعة الذي يصادف عيد يصلي العيد ويقرأ في الركعة الأولى بسبح وفي الركعة الثانية بها الأتاك حديث الغاشية ويقرأ في نفس الجمعة في نفس اليوم في الركعة الأولى بسبح وفي الركعة الثانية بها الأتاك حديث الغاشية مما يدل على أهمية هاتين السورتين وإن لم تكون واجبتين إذا انتهى من الصلاة وأحب أن يتنفل يترك الناس إلى البيت النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يقول أفضل الصلاة يعني غير المفروضة أفضل الصلاة ما كان في البيت ما إلا المكتوبة كون الواحد في النوافل يكثر من أدائها في منزله فهذا أفضل فيه تطيب للمنزل وتنوير له وفيها أيضا بعد عن احتمال شيء من الرياء يقول ولا يتنفل قبلها في يوم العيد واقصد بذلك في المصلى لان المصلى الذي يكون خارج المباني لا يصلي الناس فيه الا صلاه العيد او صلاه الاستسقاء وما عدا ذلك لا يصلون يذهبون للصلاه فيه لكن اذا كان محل صلاة العيد المسجد كالحال الآن في المدينة وكالحال الآن في مكة فإن الناس يصلون صلاة العيد في الحرم ويصلون صلاة العيد أيضا في الحرم وكذلك المسجد النبوي في هذا الوقت فإذا دخل المسجد قبل أن يجلس يصلي ركعتين أما إذا كانت الصلاة في صحراء وقد كانت الرياض في السابق يصلون في أرض براح خارج المباني ثم لما ضاقت البلد والمدينة وكثر صار الناس يحتاجون إلى الصلاة 
لا هذه في المساجد يقول عن التكبير أنه يشرع التكبير في أيام الأعياد عيد الفطر وعيد الأضحى وكيفية التكبير الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد وإن زاد الله أكبر كبيرا والحمد لله كثيرا سبحان الله بكرة وعصينا جاز لكن تكبيرات النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام كان يقتصر على الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد ويسمع من يزيد في التكبير فلا يستنكر عليه فالأمر واسع ولله الحمد التكبير العام يقال في الطريق والإنسان خارج من منزله وهو يمشي في السوق في الشارع يكبر هذه التكبيرات في تكبير مقيد بالسلامات والمقيد وقته من ليلة العيد ثبت دخول الشهر يبدأ التكبير فيه تكبيرا عام وتكبيرا بعد الصلاة إلى غروب شمس يوم العيد إلا في الحج فإن التكبير يبدأ من فجر يوم عرفة بعد كل فريضة ويستمر إلى صلاة العصر من اليوم الثالث عشر آخر أيام التشريق يقول هنا وإذا فرغ فإذا فرغ خطب ما يخطب قبله خطب في أول الأمر بعض الولاة في المدينة لكن في عهد بعض الصحابة لما جاءت الصلاة قام وخطب والي المدينة فرد عليه الناس وقالوا إنك خالفت السنة ونهوه عن ذلك واستقر الأمر فيما بعد على أن الخطبة إنما تكون بعد الصلاة المصلي الذين يصلون يصلون وإذا انتهوا من صلاتهم يخطب الإمام الذي صلى بهم الخطبة وإذا اجتمع عيد وجمعة من صلى العيد مع الجماعة لا يلزمه أن يصلي الجمعة في ذلك اليوم مع الجماعة إن وجد من يصليها ظهرا أو صلاه ظهرا هو في أدجات لكن من لم يصلي العيد تلزمه الجمعة أن يصليها جمعة إذا وجد إماما إماما جامع النبي صلى في يوم عيد العيد ثم قال للناس من أحب أن لا يحضر يعني صلاة الجمعة فلا حرج وإنهم مجمعون أي سنصلي الجمعة من حضر فقد أحسن ومن لم يحضر فلا شيء عليه لا يقال أنه ترك الجمعة فالذي يصلي العيد ما يلزمه أن يأتي لصلاة الجمعة وهذا يحصل في كثير من القرى إذا كانت المنازل بعيدة أو قرى صغيرة ويتوافدون للجمعة كما كانت الحال في المدينة كان الناس 
يصلون مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الجمعة ويتفهون من أطراف المدينة فإذا صلوا العيد في المدينة مع النبي يؤذن لهم أن لا يحضروا للجمعة في ذلك اليوم وإنما يصلونها ظهرا يقول عن التكبير ويسن التكبير في العيدين وإظهاره في المساجد وفي الطرق والناس ذاهبون للمسجد يكبرون الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد يكثرون من ذلك ويتأكد ذلك في ليلة العيدين وفي الخروج إليها أي الصلاة وفي الأضحى يبتدئ التكبير المطلق في ابتداء العشر يعني من أول يوم من العشر عشر ذي الحجة يكثر التكبير عشر ذي الحجة لها مزية أخرى وأن العمل الصالح فيها من أفضل الأعمال أحب الأعمال الصالحة إلى الله أعمال عشرة الحجة يعني من نوافل العبادات من تكبير وتهليل وتسبيح وصدقات ونوافل صلوات ونوافل أذكار إلى غير ذلك في في العشر والنبي لما ذكر قال ما من أيام العمل الصالح حب إلا الله منه في هذه العشر قالوا له ولا الجهاد في سبيل الله قال ولا الجهاد يعني ليس بأفضل منها إلا المجاهد الذي خرج بنفسه وماله في جهاده ولم يرجع من ذلك بشيء يعني قتل شهيدا ومات هذا لا يكون هذا العمل أفضل منه وبقية الأعمال هذا العمل في العشر ذي عشر ذي الحجة أفضل منه ولذلك ينبغي للواحد في عشر ذي الحجة أن يحرص على الإكثار من الصيام يصوم في العشر إذا تيسر له ذلك والصيام يوم عرفة يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أحتسب على الله أن يكفر في صيام يوم عرفة السنة الماضية والسنة القادمة أما في يوم عاشوراء اليوم العاشر من محرم قال النبي أحتسب على الله أن يكفر بصيامه السنة الماضية فكأن صيام يوم عرفة يعدل صيام العيد وزيادة قال ويسن الاجتهاد في العمل الصالح في أيام العشر العمل الصالح يعني مطلق كل الأعمال الصالحة من التسبيح والتهليل من الذكر من الأمر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر من الإحسان إلى عباد الله من مساعدة الناس إذا كان في أيام أضحى في الأضاحي إذ أنهم كان يساعدونهم في أضاحي وإلا أهدوا لهم من من الأضحية يتقربون بذلك إلى الله جل وعلا بهذا العمل هذا مجمل ما يتعلق بصلاة العيد فنسأل الله جل وعلا أن يبلغنا جميعا الأعياد القادمة وأن يوفقنا للعمل الصالح فيها العمل الذي يحبه جل وعلا وأن يكون منا خالصا لوجه الله 
موافقا لسنه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لان كل عمل يراد ان ينفع عند الله لا ينفع الا اذا كان خالصا لله وكان موافقا لسنه رسول الله وهذان الشرطان في الاعمال كلها ما تكون الاعمال نافعه الا اذا اتصفت بالاخلاص لله في ادائها واتصفت ايضا بتحري مماثله النبي في العمل لان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم امرنا ان نقتدي به والله يقول في القران الكريم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه يعني القدوه الحسنه انما الكامله الاقتداء برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اسال الله ان يوفقنا جميعا لما يحب جل وعلا ويرضى ويصلح اعمالنا جميعا وان يجعلها كلها خالصه لوجه الله موافقه لسنه رسول الله انه جل وعلا مجيب الدعاء واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين واسال الله جل وعلا ان يعاجل المسلمين في كل مكان بالفرج في كشف الضائقات عنهم وازاله المحن عنهم وان ينصرهم على اعدائهم وان يوفقهم لصدق التوبه الى الله والحرص على العمل الذي ينفعهم عند الله وان يجنبهم كل ما يرديهم في حياتهم واخرتهم انه جل وعلا مجيب الدعاء والحمد لله رب العالمين We seek his assistance and we seek forgiveness on Allah from the evil of ourselves and we bear witness that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah for him is the dominion and the praise and he is able to do all things and we bear witness that Muhammad is his slave and the best of his servants the messenger whom Allah sent as a mercy to mankind he gave the message he fulfilled the trust and he was sincere and he fought in the way of Allah and may Allah be pleased with his companions those who believed in him and migrated to him and migrated with him and to him and fought during his time and fought after his time and they are the ones who the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam declared them to be the best of the people may Allah be pleased with them and make us from amongst those who are diligent in following their way and sincere in doing so in this lesson or the speech of the author in this lesson is related to uh, the prayer of Eid the two Eid prayers and the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that these the Eid prayer is an established sunnah which was legislated by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to perform the prayer before the khutbah and this is done from the the right or the time for the Eid prayer is from the rising of the sun until the sun has reached the zenith and because of this if the people do not become aware of the entering of the new month which is shawwal until after the sun has uh, touched the zenith and then they realize that it's the first day of shawwal they would not conduct eid prayer on that day once again if the Uh, if the sun rose on the first day of Shawwal but the people are unaware they are unaware that it's the first day of Shawwal meaning they are unaware that this day is Eid 
So then they realize that it's Eid because of the, the sighting of the new moon. They realize that it's a new month that has entered upon them. They would not pray that day. They would wait until the following day. Because the time for the Eid prayer is from the rising of the sun until the sun has reached the zenith. So if they didn't realize until after the sun has reached the zenith, meaning the time has passed, it's actually the first day of Shawwal, but the time has passed, and then the, the new moon is spotted, they would pray the Eid the following day, which means they would pray it on the second day. They would pray Eid on the second day. And the Eid prayer is two units. And uh, that which is better and more preferred is that it is prayed, it is conducted in congregation outside of the city, in a wide area, a spacious area. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, during the present time, it is possible that this has become difficult upon some people um, to pray it in a, an area outside of the city. But previously, this was the, the case. And if people have the ability, this is the case, that they should pray it outside, for example, in the desert, in a spacious area. From the rulings pertaining to the, the Eid prayer, is that the person, it is, not it is not legislated that people pray two units before the Eid prayer. Because this is prayed, and when it's conducted outside of the city, not in the masjid, it is not legislated that they pray two units. But if it's conducted inside of the masjid, if the Eid prayer is, if, if the Eid prayer is conducted inside of the masjid, then the people should pray two units before sitting. Why? Because you have the general order of the Prophet ﷺ for the person who enters into the masjid that they should not sit until they pray two units of prayer. So the masjid, which is the place of prayer for the five daily prayers, it's the place of prayer for the Friday prayer. If the Eid prayer is conducted in the masjid, then it is legislated for the person before sitting down that they pray two units of prayer. Also from the rulings pertaining to the Eid prayer, um, for the, the, the Eid al-Fitr, which is the Eid prayer for Ramadan, it is legislated that it is slightly delayed. The congregation, it is slightly delayed. It is not um, performed immediately after the sun has risen. And it is legislated that the person, before going out to pray the Eid al-Fitr, that they eat something. And it's recommended that this is dates. On the morning of Eid al-Fitr, it's recommended that the person going to the prayer, they eat uh, some dates and they do so in odd numbers. This is because the Prophet wasallam he used to love doing things in odd numbers. Um, as for the Eid al-Adha, which is the Eid prayer related to the Hajj, the Sunnah is that it is done uh, soon after uh, the rising of the sun. It is not delayed like the Eid al-Fitr. And the reason why, or the, the wisdom behind uh, the prayer being conducted immediately after uh, the rising of the sun is because thereafter, the people would become busy. They have to slaughter their sacrifices. They have to give some of that meat. They'll be, become busy giving some of that meat to others. So um, it is legislated that the, the Eid al-Adha is performed uh, immediately or soon after the rising of the sun. And because of that, um, because the Eid al-Adha prayer is after the rising of the sun, 
soon after the rising of the sun, it is not legislated that a person eats. It is not legislated that a person eats, but they should eat after they perform the, the, Eid, the Eid prayer. And it is um, it's mentioned, the Sheikh mentioned, maybe some people would eat, the first thing that they would eat on that day is from their sacrifice. You know, they, they make their sacrifices on that day, and then they would eat from, from their sacrifice, or they give it a portion of their sacrifice to others. From that which the author mentioned, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, is the takbirat, is the takbirats in the salat, for the Eid salat itself. And he mentioned six for the first um, unit of prayer and five for the second. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, this six is other than the opening takbir. This six is other than the opening takbir. So after the person makes the opening takbir, and they say, Allahu Akbar, they enter into the prayer. Then after that opening is six. So in the total, the first unit of, of prayer was actually seven. It was seven takbirats. Then the second unit of prayer is five takbirats. And this, this does not include him standing up. When the individual makes takbir, like when he's in, uh, uh, when the individual is after the, the, the sajda, and he, the first sajda, and he rises up from that, yeah, and he, after, once he rises and he stands, and he stands, then he would make five takbirats. And these takbirats, um, it is legislated that you raise your hand. It is legislated that you raise your hands when you do these takbirats, because this is authentically reported on the companions. It's authentically reported on the companions of the Prophet ﷺ that they would raise their hands during these takbirats. And there's no doubt that they are an example for us. Um, especially when there is no authentic sunnah reported. And so in this, uh, in this situation of raising the hands, you don't have an authentic sunnah reported from the Prophet ﷺ, but you have that the companions did so. So they are an example for us, especially if they were in agreement to this. Now, then after, after making the takbirat, the person would recite uh, al-Fatiha, and then Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, he mentioned that the person would recite Surah Sabbih, which is Surah Al-A'la, and Surah Al-Ghashiyah. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to, it is reported that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would recite Surah Al-A'la and Surah Al-Ghashiyah. He would do this for, for Eid, and he would likewise do this for, for Surah Al-Jum'ah. Um, but it is also authentically reported that he would do other than this. But that which he used to do the most for Eid and for Jum'ah is uh, Surah Al-A'la and Surah Al-Ghashiyah. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, in these two surahs, you have a mention of uh, the affair of Tawheed and uh, glorification of Allah in Surah Al-A'la and Surah Al-Ghashiyah. You have the mention of Tawheed, you have the mention of the glorification of Allah. Um, even so much so, yani, to show you the importance um, of these two surahs, you have some scholars of the past, they wrote books of tafsir, only explaining these surahs. Only explaining uh, these surahs. Um, so the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so it's befitting that uh, the Imam who is leading the, the congregation, that he tries to uh, uh, mention these surahs. He tries to mention these surahs. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, 
or he tries to recite these surahs. The Sheikh said that the Prophet وسلم, as we, he reiterated, the Prophet وسلم, used to recite Surah Al-A'la and Surah Al-Ghashiyah for the, the, the Friday prayer and for the Eid prayer. And that shows that um, these two surahs are important, but it also shows that they are not obligatory. It indicates that they're not obligatory because the Prophet وسلم, sometimes used to recite other surahs. Then, when the prayer is over, when the Eid prayer is over, if a person wants to uh, stand and continue praying Nawafil, they can do so. But it is better that they do so at home. If someone wants to pray superiorgatory prayer, it is recommended that they do so at home. Um, now, because the Prophet wasallam said the best prayer, the best prayer after the obligatory prayer is that which a person prays at home. Is that which a person prays at home. So, um, it is better that if a person wants to pray superiorgatory prayer after the Eid prayer, that they should do so at their home. This is um, beautification of the home. This illuminates the home. And likewise, um, it is further away from, it is further away from showing off. When a person prays at home, this is further away from showing off. As for um, praying before the Eid prayer, this is not done. The Sheikh said it in the beginning and he said it now as well. Yani a person before they eat prayer, they should not pray. And that is, once again, if, the, the, if this is a prayer area outside of the masjid. But if they're praying, um, and the Sheikh Minchah, that the people in the past, they used to pray the eat prayer outside of the masjid, and likewise, Salat al-Istisqa, the prayer for rain. They used to likewise pray this outside in an open area. Um, but once again, if the eat prayer... Um, like you presently have in Mecca and like you presently have in Medina, the people now, they pray in the Haram. They pray in the Haram in Mecca and they pray in the Masjid of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina. So if the prayer is being conducted in the Masjid, then the person should not sit until they pray two units of prayer. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah now previously in the past, the people even in Riyadh, they used to pray outside in an open space. But um, once the, the buildings were built, then it became difficult for the people to travel to those open places. So they um, began to pray in the masjid. The author, Rahim Allah also mentioned the takbirats, um, the takbirats during the days of Eid. Um, the Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. And the Shaykh mentioned the, the manner of performing the takbirats, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. This was what was done by the Prophet ﷺ. But there were other individuals who did more. There were other individuals who did more. And the Prophet ﷺ, he heard them saying this. The Prophet ﷺ heard and witnessed his companions saying more. And he did not, uh, uh, he did not uh, prevent them from doing so. That shows, so that indicates that it's permissible to do more. But that which was done by the Prophet ﷺ was Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. With regard to the takbirat, you have the general takbirat that a person would say while he's walking to the masjid or while he's in the marketplace or while he's in the streets, he would say this. But you have the, the specific takbirat which are said after the salat. So the general takbirat can be said at any time. But the specific takbirat are after the salawat, right after the obligatory prayer. And this starts from, um, 
once the uh, the the hijjah once the hijjah enters the 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 general takbirat start the general takbirat start until the 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 setting of the sun on the last day of Eid until the setting of the sun on the last day of Eid as for specifically for the hajj the the specific takbirat then this starts from the fajr on yawm al-arafa the fajr after salat al-fajr on yawm al-arafa the uh, the takbirat they begin and it ends on the 13th day at maghrib on the 13th day of the hijjah at maghrib the these takbirat they end which is the last day of uh, ayam al-tashriq the last day of ayam al-tashriq which is the 13th then the author rahimahullah ta'ala went back to the issue of the the khutbah um as it relates to the khutbah, when the salat is over, the khutbah is performed. The khutbah is performed. So the khutbah is not performed like Jum'ah. It is not before, the khutbah is not performed before the salat. No, it is after the salat. It took place in the past, during the time of some of the sahaba, that you had a ruler or a governor in Medina. And he did the khutbah before the salat. He did the khutbah before the salat. And when he stood up, to perform the khutbah before the salat, many of the people that were around, they refused this, or they opposed this. Uh, they opposed this. And uh, because he had gone against the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, so it went back to the way it was. Yani one of the, the, the governors in Medina tried to do it the opposite way. He tried to do it similar to Salatul Jum'ah, but the people opposed it, and it went back to that way until today. Um, and the Shaykh Minjah of Allah Ta'ala, he went back to the to the issue of if uh, Jum'ah and Eid are on the same day. If Jum'ah and Eid are on the same day, like we mentioned in last week's lesson. And that is, if the person uh, conducts, if a person performs the Jum'ah prayer, Afwan, the Eid prayer in congregation, then it is not mandatory that that person uh, attends the, the congregation for the Jum'ah prayer. But rather, they would pray Dhuhr. But rather, they would pray Dhuhr. It took place that the Prophet ﷺ, like we mentioned last week, it took place that the Prophet ﷺ, he prayed eight in congregation. And then the Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, whoever wants to come for Jum'ah, they can do so. And whoever doesn't, then it's okay. So this shows that the individual who prays the eight prayer in congregation on the day of eight, but it's also the day of Jum'ah, meaning it's a Friday, then it is not mandatory upon that person to come. They can, uh, they can abstain from attending the masjid for Jum'ah, but they have to pray the Dhuhr prayer. They have to pray the Dhuhr prayer. And the Shaykh mentioned, Aviv Allah Ta'ala, um, that it, uh, one of the reasons behind this is because during the time of the Messenger وسلم, there were people that would attend the Eid prayer from out, from the, 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 the outskirts of Medina. People would come from the outskirts of Medina. So they would travel on the day of Eid. They would travel to, to perform the Eid with the Prophet ﷺ from their, their homes, from the villages outside of Medina. So when they would come to Medina and they would pray the Eid prayer with the Prophet ﷺ, then they wouldn't want to return home and then have to come again for Salatul Jummah with the Prophet. So the Prophet ﷺ, um, he gave them, he gave the people permission if they attend um, the Eid prayer in congregation, then they no longer have to attend the Juma prayer in congregation. Then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the issue of the takbirat, and he said that this is done, uh, the takbirat for Eid, it's done in the masajid, it's done 
while people are walking. When people are walking to the masjid, they should say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. And they should try to do it as much as possible. Um, and like you said, um, from the first day of the first 10 days of Dil Hijjah, it would begin. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, because the author mentioned the days of Dil Hijjah, which are the first 10 days of the month of Dil Hijjah. And he said, but Dil Hijjah, the month of Dil Hijjah is also a, a, a very distinguished month. Because you have, with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, these first 10 days, with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that the righteous deeds, there is no time. The Prophet ﷺ said, there is no time that righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah than these days. And that means that people should give uh, charity and, 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 and um, they should remember Allah much and they should, should try to do as many good deeds as possible. Um, because when this was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, and that there's no days that, are, that righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah than these 10 days. The companions, they said, even fighting in the way of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ responded by saying, even fighting in the way of Allah, except someone who contributed his wealth and his life in the way of Allah, and he did not return with anything. Meaning, this individual, uh, he contributed his wealth, and he went out physically to fight in the way of Allah, and he was martyred. The individual lost his life in the way of Allah, that is better than these days. But other than that, there is no time that righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah than these 10 days. Um, so the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala. So because of that, uh, a person should be vigorous in fasting uh, the first 10 days of Dil Hijjah and in, in, in giving charity and in, in doing righteous deeds. And within these days, you also have the day of Arafat, which the Prophet ﷺ said, I hope from Allah that it is an expiation. Yani fasting on the day of Arafat, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, I hope, from, I hope from Allah that it is an expiation for uh, the previous year's sins and the coming year. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned about the day of Ashura, which is in the month of Muharram, the, Prophet, the 10th of Muharram, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that I hope from Allah that it is an expiation of the, the previous year's sins. So that shows you the importance of fasting on these days. Um, so the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so indeed in uh, those 10 days of the Hijjah, the people should be diligent in making tasbih, subhanallah, tahleel, la ilaha illallah, takbir, Allahu Akbar. They should be diligent in remembrance of Allah. They should be diligent in enjoining the good and forbidding uh, the evil. They should be diligent in helping others in these particular days. And from that is that they sacrifice in these days and they give a portion of their sacrifice to others who are, are in need. And this is, uh, by doing so, they're gaining nearness to Allah Azza wa Jal. He said, this is uh, a general, or this is a, a brief uh, description of that which is related to the, the Eid prayer. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to allow us to, to, to witness and to, to live until the coming Eid, Eid prayers. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make our actions uh, uh, that which is pleasing to him and that our actions are done sincerely for the face of Allah and in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because this is when it, these are the conditions for an action to be uh, beneficial they have to be done these are the two conditions they have to be done sincerely for the face of Allah and they have to be in done they have to be done in accordance with the um, following the messenger in accordance to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in accordance to his sunnah because verily the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he is an example for us 
to follow. As Allah said in the Quran, لَكَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Allah said in the Quran, verily you have in the Messenger of Allah a good example. So the perfect example is by way of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So it's upon an individual to be vigorous in making sure their actions are done sincerely for the face of Allah and in accordance to the Messenger of the Prophet, in, the, in accordance to the Sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We ask Allah azawajal to give ease to the Muslims in all areas and we ask Allah azawajal to allow the truth to prevail over the, the enemies of Islam. And we ask Allah azawajal to give us success in performing sincere repentance for him and um, that we ask Allah to protect us from all types of harm in this life and in the hereafter. Uh, verily Allah is the one to answer the call and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Afwan, Afwan and uh, all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. يقول الصالح يقول الصالح حبيبكم الله تعالى هل صيغة التكبير جماعية أم يكبر كل واحد على حدة؟ أصل ما كل واحد يكبر على حدة ولا مانع أن يتفق المجموعة يكبرون تكبيرا بحيث لا يختلط كلامهم بعضه ببعض. The individual is asking, um, the manner in performing the takbirat, is it done in a group or is it done uh, individually? The Shaykh mentioned, the origin is that the takbirat are done individually. But it, there's no harm in uh, a group of people agreeing um, to do the takbirat together so that they do not become confused um, while they're mentioning the takbirat. يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى كيف يدخل المسبوق صلاة العيد إذا فاتته ركعة إذا أدرك مع الإمام ركعة وسلم الإمام يقوم ويأتي بالركعة التي فاتته وبالصفة التي أداها الإمام يكبر التكبيرات التي بعد قيامه ثم يقرأ فاتحة الكتاب لكن لا يجهر بالقراءة كما فعل الإمام السلام عليكم The individual is asking if someone um, arrives to the prayer late for Salat al-Eid how do they complete their prayer? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if the person uh, has, uh, uh, if he caught one unit with the Imam on the Eid, uh, on the day of the Eid, if the person caught one unit with the Imam, then they would stand and they would complete the prayer similar to the, the, the prayer of the Imam. With, with, and with starting, or starting with the takbirat. Starting with the takbirat, and then they complete the prayer as it was completed by the Imam. But they would not say the, 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 the recitation verbally. They would not say it loud. Um, 
like the imam, they would say it silently. والمسبوق هل يكبر للركعة الثانية هل يكبر ستة تكبيرات أو خمسة؟ لا يكبر في الأخيرة خمس تكبيرات وإن كبر الست فالأمر فيها سعة لأنها ذكر ولا يؤثر على الصلاة The Ahsanah, the individual is asking when the person stands up, if a person missed the first unit of prayer for the eight prayer, and now they stand up to complete the prayer, do they pray, do they do five takbirat? The Sheikh said, yes, the person does five takbirat. But if they did six, there's no problem in them doing so, because it is remembrance of Allah, and it, does not, it doesn't harm the prayer. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى في بعض الدول حينما تذهب المرأة إلى بعض المساجد لا تجد ماء لتتوضأ فهل يجوز لها أن تتيمم في هذه الحالة في بعض الدول لما تذهب المرأة إلى المسجد لا تجد ماء لكي تتوضأ فهل يجوز لها أن تتيمم إذا كانت تخشى لو رجعت أن تفوتها الصلاة فتكون مضطرة للتيمم وأما إذا لم تكن تخشى فصلاة الجماعة بالنسبة للمرأة في المساجد النبي قال بيتها خير لها فيها فرق بالنسبة للرجل والمرأة في هذا الأمر Assalamu alaikum. The individual is asking, in some areas you have women who go to the masjid, it says countries, but areas, women who go to the masjid and they cannot find water to make wudu. Is it permissible for them to make tiyammum? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if she fears that if she leaves the masjid, um, the, she would miss the congregation, then she's somewhat forced to make tiyammum. Um, uh, she's forced to make tiyammum. But it should be understood that there's a difference between the man and the woman. Yani the, the prayer of the prayer in congregation is obligatory upon the man. It's not obligatory upon the woman because the Prophet said their, their homes are better for them. Their homes are better for them. هذا مروان ابن الحكم هو مهو الصحابي وكان أميرا في خلاكم فاتق معاوية رضي الله عنه أمره على المدينة فرأى أن الناس ما يصلعوا لأن المهم أداء الصلاة يوم العيد أهم من الخطبة فإذا صلى كثير من الناس راحوا تركها هذا الإمام يخطب فأراد أن يلزمهم بالحضور بأن يخطب قبل الصلاة فاستنكروا عليه ومن استنكر عليه أحد الصحابة لما سمع شخصا يقول يا مروان الصلاة قبل الخطبة فقال مروان قد ترك ما هنالك فقام هذا الصحابي قال ما فلان 
فقد أدى ما عليه أما هذا الذي استنكر فقد أدى عما عليه استنكر وثم قرأ من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيده إلى آخرة هذا الرجل استنكر ويبدو أنه فيما بعد كلف أن لا يخطب قبل صلاة العيد The individual is asking about who, who was the companion who um, uh, performed the khutbah before the, the salat on Eid. The Sheikh mentioned, the Sheikh answered Aviv Allah Ta'ala saying that it was, this individual who did so was Marwan bin Hakam and he was not a Sahabi, he was a Tabi'i. He was the generation after the companions. Um, and this was done during uh, the, the rulership of Muawiyah. Ibn Abi Sufyan it was done during his time it was done during his time Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan he uh, placed this ruler uh, Marwan bin Hakam he placed him he, as a governor of Medina so Marwan bin Hakam when he saw that the people um, because the prayer is before the khutbah uh, once the prayer is over, the people disperse and they don't remain for the khutbah. So he wanted to do something that would force the people to remain. So he uh, wanted to do the khutbah before the prayer. Because the prayer is the most important thing of that day. The prayer is mandatory. It's the most important thing of that day. So he felt, um, let me, he felt for himself to do the khutbah before the prayer. So that would make the people have to stay for the khutbah. So when he got up to do so, Someone um, uh, admonished him for doing so. Someone admonished him for doing so. And they said the prayer be, they said the prayer should be before the khutbah. So um, when another sahabi heard that person say that, that sahabi said this person has done that which is obligatory upon him. For verily the messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever from amongst you sees something wrong, then change it with his hand. If he cannot, then change it with his tongue. If he not, cannot, then hate it in his heart. So thereafter, um, he would do the prayer and then the khutbah. يقول السائل يسأل عن ساعة الاستجابة يوم الجمعة ساعة الاستجابة يوم الجمعة فيها خلاف قيل أنها إذا دخل الإمام ما بين دخوله وأداء المؤذن الأذان وقيل أنه إذا جلس بين الخطبتين لأن النبي لما ذكر الساعة قال إنها قليلة ليست ساعة طويلة ورأي عبد الله بن سلام أنها بعد العصر ولما تجادل هو يا الصحابي اللي يرى أنها ليست في ذلك الوقت وقال الرجل لعبد الله بن سلام إن النبي قال وهو في الصلاة في صلاة قال قال إن النبي يقول إنه في صلاة ما انتظر صلاة يعني أن الشخص 
الذي على طهارته وينتظر الصلاه فهو في حكم الذي يصلي في ذلك الوقت فالارجح ان الواحد يحرص على الموضعين لكن اذا شغل عن ذلك فيحرص على ما بعد العصر So I like the individuals asking about the, the time of uh, which the dua is accepted on the day, on the day of Jummah on Friday. The Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the scholars differ in this regard. Um, and the Sheikh mentioned three uh, uh, opinions. The first opinion is from the time that the Imam enters the, uh, you know, on, on the minbar uh, and the Mu'adhan gives the Adhan until the end of the Adhan. So the first opinion is once the Imam enters and until the end of the Adhan. Um, likewise, it is mentioned that, so that's one time. The second time is that it is said once the Imam sits between the two khutbas. Once the Imam sits between the, the two khutbas, which is a very short time. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala because the Prophet mentioned that it is a very short amount of time. This time of answering the dua is a very short amount of time. So some of the scholars hold it to be while the imam is sitting between the two khutbas. The third opinion, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, which was the opinion of one of the companions, Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu ta'ala anhu, saying that it's after Salat al-Asr. Um, him and another companion debated in this regard uh, because there are narrations with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned about a person waiting to pray in a state of purification. And and. Uh, the Prophet mentioned that while the person is waiting to pray, they are actually in prayer. And this is the time that they should supplicate. So Abdullah bin Salam, he considered it to be after Salat al-Asr. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, what's befitting is that the person tries to supplicate all of these three times. All of these three times. But if because of some type of distraction, or if a person becomes busy, then the person should uh, at least try to do so after Salat al-Asr. يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى ما نصيحتكم للرجل مريض لا يستطيع الخروج إلى إلى صلاة العيد يكثر من التكبير والتسبيح في يوم العيد ويبدأ ما يستطيعه من طاعة الله جل وعلا والذي أخبر أن هذا الدين يسر وقال يسر ولا تعسر the individual is asking what is the ruling or what, what is your advice from a man who is sick on the day of Eid he does not have the ability to go out and uh, uh, conduct the Eid prayer in congregation or perform the Eid prayer in congregation the Sheikh said that he would try to make as much takbirat as possible likewise he would like to take, make uh, increase in tasbih on this day he uh, tries to perform the acts of worship which he has the ability to do the religion is not difficult. The Prophet said, make it easy and do not make it difficult. يقول السؤال حبيبكم الله تعالى في بعض الدول الغربية الفقراء يأخذون أو يستلمون مساعدات مالية من الحكومة ففي هذه الحالة هل يسح لنا أن نعطيهم من زكاة الفطر؟ زكاة الفطر للمحتاج وأصل مشروعيتها يشترك الجميع في 
الارتباط بالعيد والمشاركات المسلمين في التكبير والتهليل فهي مجعولة للفقراء من المسلمين فإذا وجد من غير المسلمين محتاج فيعطى منها لأنها من باب التأليف لعله أن يسلم فلا حرج كمصرف الزكاة In some uh, Western countries, you have individuals who take um, support from the government. Is it permissible for us to give them from uh, Zakat Eid al-Fitr? And the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, Eid al-Fitr is for those who are in need. And the purpose of it is so that everyone can participate and join um, uh, on the day of Eid. And um, this is in general for the Muslims, but if you find non-Muslims, the Sheikh understood from the question that this is maybe referring to non-Muslims, if you find non-Muslims who are in need, you can give to them. Um, but you don't give to them as it's zakat al-Eid al-Fitr. Um, you give to them as um, uh, individuals that you want to um, encourage them to come to the religion, which is similar to the normal zakat. يقول السائلة أو يقول السائلة حبيبكم تقول السائلة أنا امرأة مسلمة تزوجت بمسلم قد أسلم وكنا يعني قد هم قد تزوجوا قبل عشر سنوات ولكنه لا يظهر عليه هب لله وقد ذكر مرار وقد ذكر مرارا بأنه نعم فتقول أنها يعني قد ظهر على الرجل أنه لا يحب الله فما نسيهتكم لها إذا كان ظهر لها أنه يتكلم بحق الله كلاما لا يحل وتستطيع أن تفارقه فتطلب الفراق تطلب الطلاق منه وأما إن كان يقول كلاما يكفر بمثله فإنه بكفره تكون حرمت عليه ولا تكون زوجة الله السلام عليك the individuals the females asking that she's Muslim and she married uh, a Muslim man and they've been married for 10 years but from time to time he would he displays that he doesn't love Allah so what is your advice Sheikh mentioned Aviv Allah Ta'ala if speech has uh, been mentioned by this individual that is not um, befitting um, as it relates to his Lord, then um, she can seek a separation from this individual. She would seek a separation from this individual. But if the speech is actual speech that this type of speech takes the individual out of the fold of Islam, then it is not permissible. He is no longer permissible for her because uh, if the speech takes the individual out of the fold of Islam, um, then this type of individual would no longer be permissible for her. So it's not permissible for her to remain with him as his wife. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى أنا مدرس في مدرسة في الرياض والإدارة لهذه المدرسة تؤخر صلاة الظهر لمدة ساعة وربع ولا أدري سبب ذلك فما نسيهتكم 
إذا كان هذا التحذير يجمع جميع الذين في المدرسة يصلوا جماعة فلا حرج في ذلك لأن وقت صلاة الظهر من دخول الوقت إلى غرب صلاة العصر مدة طويلة رابع ثلاث ساعات فهذه المدة لا تضر The individual is asking, I'm a teacher in the school, and the admin of the school, they delay the Dhuhr prayer by one, and a, one, one hour and 15 minutes. And I don't know the reason behind that. What is your advice? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if the purpose or if the justification behind this delay is so that everyone in the school can pray in congregation, then there's no problem. Because the time for Salat al-Dhuhr is a long period of time. Um, it's from the entering of Dhuhr until before Salat al-Asr, which is about three hours. So if, if that is the purpose and justification, then there's no problem in them delaying it. أول محمد الله جل وعلا ما يسر من هذا الاجتماع وأسر الله جل وعلا أن يكون عملنا جميعا أن يكون عملنا جميعا طاعة لله وموافقة لسنة رسول الله وأن يعاملنا جل وعلا بعفوه في كل تقصير منا وأن يصلح حالنا وحال المسلمين في كل مكان كما نصره سبحانه أن يعاجل المظلومين من المسلمين في الشام وغيرها بالفرج العاجل وأن ينصر الحق على الباطل وأن يرينا في المجرمين الظالمين الذين يسعون لتدمير الشام أن يرينا فيهم عجائب قدرته عجل غير عجل من نصيرية حكام الشام ورافضة يعينونهم من إيران والعراق ولبنان وغير أولئك من يدخل في هذا المجال أن يرينا في من يشتركون في ظلم ذلك البلد أن يرينا فيهم العجائب كما نسأله جل وعلا أن يرينا العجائب في دولة الروس وأن يعاجلها بتصدع بنائها وتشتت شملها ومذلتها وأن يصلح المسلمين القاطرين فيها وفي كل مكان وأن يوفق أهل الشام وكل من ابتلي بهذه المحن أن يوفقهم للتوبة الصادقة وإخلاص العمل لوجه الله والحرص على إرضاء الله جل وعلا فإنه لا يصيب الناس شيء إلا بسبب ذنوبهم ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بماذا؟ بما كسبت أيدي الناس فنسأل الله أن يهديهم كما نسأله جل وعلا أن يعاجل بالفرج أهل اليمن بأن ننقذهم من هذه الطائفة الرافضية التي تدعمها إيران وتجتهد معها أن يعاجلهم بالخروج منها والانتصار بالحق وإذال كل من يدعون إلى الفرقة والشر وأن يجير الجميع من كل بلاء وفتنة كما نسأله جل وعلا في دولة إيران أن يهيئ لها ما يذلها في داخلها ومن خارجها 
كما نسأله جل وعلا أن يفرج كروبات المكروبين من المسلمين في كل مكان وأن يشفي مريضهم وأن يغني فقيرهم وأن يصلحهم ويصلح ذرياتهم بمنه وكرمه كما أسره لهذه الدولة المملكة العربية بأن يتم عليها الأمن والأمان الذي تعيشه وأن يصلح حالها ومالها وأن يوفق من تولى أمرها لنصرة الحق وأذل أهله وإذلال الباطل وأهله وقمع الفتن والمحن ونصر السنة والأخذ على أيدي السفهاء بحزم وقوة ونشر العدل والفضل والله هو مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا concluded by praising Allah for allowing us to come together in this gathering and asking Allah to make our uh, deeds um, sincerely for him and in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, and that Allah um, treats us with pardoning our uh, shortcomings and that, our Allah, and that Allah corrects our affairs and the affairs of the Muslims in all areas and we ask Allah جل, to give ease to the Muslims who are being oppressed in different parts of the world and that Allah Azawajal allows the truth to prevail over uh, over the falsehood and uh, that Allah punishes um, those who um, are working to destroy Syria um, which is presently ruled by Nusayriya they are the rulers in Syria and likewise destruction of those who are supporting them from amongst the Rafida in Iran and Iraq and Lebanon and other than them, ask Allah to show us his might upon the oppressors. Likewise, uh, against Russia, destruction of their, of their, uh, their infrastructure and uh, their unity. And likewise, ask Allah to give the people of Syria uh, success in repenting to Allah and making their deeds sincerely for the face of Allah and asking Allah to uh, give them success to perform actions which are pleasing to Allah. For indeed, a person is not afflicted with calamity except by his own hands. As Allah Azawajal mentioned, that corruption has spread amongst the earth. Because of what? Because of that which the people's hands have put forward. And likewise, we ask Allah Azawajal to give ease to the, the people in Yemen, uh, those who are being, uh, because of the, the rafila, they are contributing to the turmoil which is present there, and the people of Iran. So we ask Allah to give support and strength to the truth and to debase the falsehood. And we ask Allah, likewise, uh, to, with destruction uh, of the affair of uh, the people of Iran, yani the, the, the rulers of Iran, uh, inside and outside. Um, and we ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims in every, uh, every place. We ask Allah to... Uh, feed those who are hungry and to cure those who are sick. And we ask Allah for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia to protect their safety and security uh, and their worldly affairs and their religious affairs. And we ask Allah to give the rulers uh, success to support the truth and to debate, to debase the, the falsehood uh, and to, to, to support the sunnah and to um, protect others from the harm of the foolish. Verily, Allah is the one to answer the call. And our last application is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad, his family members, and companions.